You could turn in your Bibles, if you could, to 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 12. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 12. And uh, I've given this message tonight a name uh, that we may know. Not that we may know Him, but that we may know. And you'll see in the Scriptures why we've given it this title. And it's uh, going to be a very important, uh, crucial message for us, especially us who know and we know and we claim to know the message of the cross. And we'll see a little more intense, I pray, by the Holy Spirit tonight, a little more intense view of what it means to know. So I'm sure the Lord will help us to minister and the Lord will help us to hear that we may know. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 12. Now we have received... Not the spirit of the world, but the spirit which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God. Let me read that again. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit which is of God, that we might know, thank you, the things that are freely given to us of God. I want to say tonight that the church spends far too much time begging God for things they already have. I've preached along, taught along these lines for many years. Those who listen to this ministry, you've heard it for many, many years. Me make comments that are scriptural. That you don't have to ask God for peace. All you have to do is keep your faith anchored in that which He made your peace through. You don't need to ask God for peace. He's already made peace between you and Him. By the blood of His cross. Colossians 1 and 20. We don't have to beg God for strength. He's already endured the cross for the joy that was set before him. Hebrews 12 and 2. And the joy of the Lord is our strength. There are many things that you've already been given freely by God that we don't need to spend our whole lives asking God for. If you want to ask God for something, ask God to show you what you already have. Ask God to show, reveal the cross to me, Lord, because that's where he gave it all to you. That's where he, when he gave you Jesus, he gave you everything you will ever need. It's already been given freely to you. So don't spend your lives begging God for what you already have. And you won't know what you already have if you're not in the book finding out what you already have. You've got to be a Bible student. Are you just going to go through life guessing and listening to what they say and then listening to what they say? And my Lord, here it comes. Then listening to what they say. I went through that for years. And when I finally bought me one of these and I put my face in it, I said, my Lord, we've all been wrong. Here's where you'll find the truth of Christ. Here's where you'll find everything that God has freely given you that you don't need to cry yourself to sleep over every night begging God for the things He's already freely given you. But you've got to know. 
There's a difference between saying I know that and knowing that. Right. When you know something, you're, it has an effect on you. Many people would say today, well, I know I should be in church, but they're not in church because they don't really know. See, there's something lacking in that word know for many people. That word know is an experiential word. It's a verb. It's, it's, a, it's an experiential knowledge. Jesus said, this is eternal life in John 17, 3, that you might know the one true God and His Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, whom He sent. See, something happened when you knew Him the first time you were born again. Something happens when you know truth. What did Jesus say would happen to you if you knew the truth? You would be made free from sin. Not if you heard truth. Not if you agreed what they were saying was correct. Not if you shook your head like this when the preacher was preaching. Not, not if you even read it in your Bible. But when you know it, you will be free. When you know it, you only know it in your heart. That's where you know things. Amen. You know that if you have a job and you don't get up and go and you don't get up and go again, when you finally do get up and go one day, you're not going to have a job. Right. The word know in the Bible is an experiential knowledge. The Bible says Adam knew his wife and she got pregnant doesn't use those words. It uses these words. Adam knew his wife and she conceived. See how the Lord used the word know there. It takes something for a woman to be pregnant, an intimate relationship with a man. And God used that word know there to show us that something happens when you know the things of God. So God has not given us the spirit of the world. He's, he, that's not what we've received. We've received the spirit of love, of power, and of a sound mind. We've received the spirit of God that we might know the things that are freely given to us. You must know. If you know, then you will walk in what you have. If you're, if you're not sure, that means you really don't know. This is why most of the gifts of the Holy Spirit that people, they feel like there's a sensing there. God wants to use me, but they don't know it. They won't give their hearts to the Lord in a way that will be a, 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 a way of surrender to let Him use them. And so many just kind of fall by the wayside because they don't know. You have to know something. You have to know it. I, that's, that's not me telling you. Again, that's not you seeing it even written in the Bible. It's got to be, this is where you know it. This is where you know it. How many people do you think I've heard through the last 20 years tell me that they feel like they were, they were called to this, they were called to that, and, 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 and they said, they actually told me, but, but I believe fear has robbed me of that. How, how, how sad is that? Because they really 
didn't know it. When you know something God is doing, I said when you know it, you're going to be a part of it. Yes. Not if you wonder, not if you say, okay, well, I know it. But you're, if you don't become a part of what you claim God is doing, trying to do in your life, then you really don't know it. And we'll see some more of this in the scriptures tonight. The Bible says that we might know, that we might know. That means experience, that we might know. No doubt about it. I'm not unsure about it. I'm not, I just, well, I just really don't know. I can't put my thumbs No, The truth of Calvary has revealed a lot of things that were false that made us unsure. But the truth of Calvary has all, also brought a greater assurance to our hearts that allows the Holy Spirit to do more in and through our lives. Amen. You've got to have an assurance, and that assurance can't come except by your knowing. Right. Knowing. Not hearing me say it. Not even reading it in your Bible. You've got to know it. I mean, people have sit under the preaching of the cross for years, and they still don't know it. Because the knowing place is in the heart. And when you know it, that's what I've said for years, when preachers know this truth, they're going to preach this truth. They ain't preaching it because they don't know it, even though they say they do. Amen. When you know what liberates, you will preach what liberates. Not if you still not sure about it and you think, well, this also, this also. No, no. Anything outside of Christ and Him crucified can't save, can't deliver, can't mature, you can't grow. It's not happening, my friend. I got scripture after scripture if you want to sit down and try to tell me otherwise because you won't be able to. It takes faith in the death of Jesus that allows the Holy Spirit to save you, move into you, and begin the work in you. And if you keep your faith there in the death of Jesus, He will be able to guide you through this entire life, and He's the one who has to impart the knowing in your heart anyway. Amen. That's what He's trying to do. So we have received, not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit which is of God. And this Spirit, the Holy Spirit that we've received that's of God, through the Holy Spirit we know the things that God has freely, has freely given to us. Amen. If you need a job, ask God for a job. But there's some, whatever the promises are in the Bible that are inwardly, and this is something the Lord was sharing with me the other night, in the middle of the night when I was awake in the bed, that everything that's outwardly is not guaranteed, nothing. He might give you this job and make me work at this job. He might build you a huge worldwide ministry and give me a little storefront with 10 people. He might give you a mind that can work trigonometry and calcius and all this, and I can't even barely do remedial math. Right. So anything out here is going to be different for almost everybody, but the guarantee that you have that you can stand on is everything he's trying to do on the inside of you. Amen. 
He's doing that for all of us. Not differently, not in a different way, and not different things. He's doing all for us. And, and those promises are yes and amen. A big house is not yes and amen. But what He's doing in here is yes and amen if you know it. You got to know it. Amen. See, the church don't like that today when you start talking about, you know, that you know, these preachers out here talking about, well, God wants everybody to be rich and everybody to have a big house on the hill and everybody to drive this and drive that and all this stuff. They lying to you because they don't know what God wants as far as outer materialistic blessings. They have absolutely no clue, but that's a moneymaker. What's not the money maker is just what God is guaranteeing that you can believe and know that He's doing on the inside of you and you can watch Him do it and experience the fruit of it guaranteed. You'll never say, well, it ain't working for me. You'll never have to say that if you'll get involved with what He's doing. That's got a guarantee with it. Amen. Amen. He might not do that for you, but He might do it for you. I mean, me and Brother Don may go out on the street and preach. And somebody might drive by and hit me in the head with a brick, kill me. And the other brick missed him. He lived another 30 years. You just cannot guarantee anybody anything that's of materialistic something and, and say God is going to do this for everybody. You can't do that. But the guarantee of what he is doing is what Jesus died to give you and make you on the inside. Mm. Mm. But no, this don't pay well. That's why we got more empty seats than we got filled seats. If I start preaching what I used to preach 20-something years ago, we'd fill this house up. Fill my pocketbook up. But my spiritual account would be going dry. Right, right. I'd rather have my spiritual account full, hallelujah, Amen. overflowing, glory be to God. Mm. Colossians chapter 1, verses 5 and 6, moving on. Colossians chapter 1, verses 5 and 6. For the hope which is laid up for you in heaven, whereof you heard before in the word of the truth of the gospel, which is come unto you as it is in all the world, and brings forth fruit, as it does also in you, since the day you heard of it and knew. There's that word. You didn't just hear of it. You knew. There's that connection. That's what connects you with the experience of what you heard when you knew it. That means when you believed it with the heart. Again, let me remind you tonight, there's hundreds of thousands, if not a few million, who've heard the message of the cross for 20-something years, maybe closer to 30 now. And most have rejected it. I'm talking about Christians. Most have rejected it as God's way of victory and unity and peace and fellowship with Him and each other. And most who've heard it and accepted it initially no longer are walking in it. They've gone back into what they came out of. Thinking, thinking that they can handle it now. Well, at least I, I know it. 
But what am I going to do? Go back in what I came out of and sit there around a bunch of people who don't know it and not tell them? Mm. That means I don't know it. I can tell it. I can listen to somebody else tell it. But if I know it, I'm going to be telling it. If I know it. Not if I've heard it. Not if I've gone to a cross-preaching church. But if I know it. Let's read this verse 6 again. This, well, let's just read verse 5. For the hope which is laid up for you in heaven. Now, that's, that's where we're headed now. Whereof you heard before in the word of the truth of the gospel which is come unto you as it is in all the world and brings forth fruit as it does also in you since the day you heard of it and knew, what did you know? You knew the grace of God in truth. See, knowing the grace of God in truth comes by hearing it and believing it. And it moves you into the will of God. It don't make us perfect. We won't be perfect till we get home and we see Jesus. But it does move us in that direction. And our lives are ordered now as long as we keep knowing this. Keep knowing. Don't, don't ever let the word know become, well, yeah, I know that. That's what the devil wants all Christians to do. Say, just like I did one time when I heard the focus of Calvary back in 2002 and I just turned it off and said, I already know all that. What in the world I need to listen to that, that far? That's what saved me, man. I, man, I speak in tongues now. I, I'm filled with the Holy Ghost now. I this and I that, and I don't need all that cross stuff. Well, we lost our house, our land, our vehicles. We went through many hard times not knowing why. But again, the Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away to get our focus back on what we need to get it on. When you know something, that means you're a part of it. It's a part of you. Amen. Which is come unto you as it is in all the world and brings forth fruit. See, the word of the truth of the gospel mentioned in verse 5 is what he's saying. It came unto us as it is in all the world and it's bringing forth fruit as it does also now in you and it's been doing it since the day you heard of it and knew the grace of God in truth. See, the word of the truth of the gospel offers the grace of God in truth. And when you give your heart to it, you know it. If you don't give your heart to it, you don't know it. Amen. You might say, I know I know about that. How many people you ever run across, you trying to witness to them, they say, I, I know about all that. No, they don't have a clue about it. They say, I know about that. That's what I did. I said, I'll turn that off. I already know about all that. I already know about that. I didn't know a thing about the cross of Christ except it saved me from my sins, period. That was it. And I have a place in heaven one day when I die and I get there, I'm raptured, period. That was it. I had no idea that I had to be beholding that glorious image to be being changed into that image. I never knew that the Holy Spirit always delivered me unto death so that I could express Christ through this old mortal body. I, I, I didn't know anything about that. I didn't know. Yeah. And you can't live what you don't know. That's right. 
You can't live what you don't know. You've got to know something. And they ain't talking about classroom, no. Yeah, it was good today. Oh, that was a good message. No, if, if it was good in God's eyes, it got in your heart. And it touched you. How many millions go to church on Sunday and how many hundreds go on Wednesday night <laughs> and they leave and ain't nothing happened. Every time we go to church and hear the word, really, just leave church out of it. Let's talk about when we sit down at home. When we open the Bible at home, in the car. It don't matter on the job at break. I, it don't matter where every time we get in the word, we, we getting in the word. I hope it ain't just to read. I hope we getting in the word so that the living word can can be in my heart. Amen. Amen. We need to know some things. Mm. Now, if we could, let's keep moving here. Romans chapter 10, verse 2. Romans chapter 10, verse 2, Paul's talking about Israel. And he says, For I bear them record that they have a zeal of God, but not according to knowledge. Can I tell you tonight that your enthusiasm for God ain't going to be enough? How many pastors throw in the towel and quit? And for years they've had this enthusiasm, this this busyness about the Father's business, doing all day long, every day, doing and doing and doing things that the Bible tells us to do, but because they didn't know what they should have known. See, there's a difference between knowing what the Bible tells you to carry out and knowing what the Holy Spirit is carrying out in you. A lot of people are busy about the things of the Lord and they have an excitement, they have an enthusiasm, they have this zeal, but they don't know what they need to know. And the proof of that is right here in this verse. Paul says, For I bear them record that they have a zeal of God, but not according to knowledge. There was something, and you go ahead and make a note there and read that later, he's talking about they didn't have the knowledge of the righteousness of Christ. They had their own righteousness. And that's what we're telling God when we say, we, I already know that. But if it ain't a part of my life, we're lying to God. And He knows we don't know it. When I turned that radio off in 2002, I already know all that. He, he probably smiled, oh boy. I always think about the Lord smiling that time I said, Ah, man, I've gotten rid of all the drugs. I don't smoke no cigarettes no more after all these years of all that, but I'll grow old drinking that Budweiser on the front porch. That ain't leaving. And I'm sure the Lord had a big old grin on his face just thinking, you ain't got a clue, boy. But I ain't had a Bud Dumber since 1994. Amen. Ain't wanted one. Well, I have wanted one. Not any time recently, but it was a, a little while. went on that, probably a handful of years there, that I never wanted another cigarette, but I'd be lying if I said I never wanted to put my lips on one of them cold ones again. But you know what? Not anymore. Not anymore, because I keep learning 
and knowing something. I keep learning and knowing something. See, the difference between those who are learning and never able to come to the the what? Knowledge of the truth and those who are learning and coming to the knowledge of the truth is that there's growth, there's maturity, and it's evidence. You see it in their lives. Hmm. They have a zeal. You can have a zeal. You can have an enthusiasm to serve God and to be busy about God. I did it for many years. But everything fell apart because the most important thing I didn't know. I knew I was supposed to be doing this and this, all this other list of things, and that's what the church knows, what the Bible says about all these things that we're to be physically carrying out and doing. But if we don't know the most important thing, then we're going to just work ourselves to death, and one day we'll quit or we'll get bitter and mean in our old age and religious, cantankerous. Hmm. Let's look at Romans 6 tonight. Romans 6, verse 6. Romans 6, verse 6. The Bible says knowing. Everybody say knowing. No. This don't mean reading. This don't mean listening to a preacher read it to you, preach it to you, teach it to you. This means knowing. That's a personal. That's you. That's you. And unless you know this, you're without. I don't care how say how long you've been saved. You... you and I don't care how long you've been saved, you'll live a miserably saved life unless you know what's written here. You, you can't live for God on His terms if you don't know the right things. If you think you can, it's just vain imagination. It's make-believe. It's vanity. Like God honors everything I do no matter what. No, He don't. How many of you have never heard that God only honors what God does. That's all he honors. He don't honor anything. Well, he honors what we do. No, no. If we're doing his will, it's him working through us. Remember, I'm crucified with Christ. Yet I live. But wait a minute. It's not me. Christ is living in me. And now the life I live in this flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. So Romans chapter 6, verse 6 says, Knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him. Do you know that? Do you know the person you came into this world as can never go to heaven? Jesus did not come to make you better. He came to crucify you and get rid of you. Most Christians are crying out to God to make them stronger. God, make me stronger. Make me stronger. If I was stronger, then my temper wouldn't get the best of me every once in a while and I wouldn't knock a hole in the wall. Make me stronger so I can love them. Make me stronger. In God's way of victory and deliverance and maturity for the child of God, listen, and I'm telling you this because most of the church don't know it, God's way for us is not to make us stronger, but weaker. His answer for us is to get rid of us. Amen. You say, well, you still here, preacher. I'm talking about who I used to be. That person died. 
was crucified with Jesus. Do you not know that? Do you not know that when Jesus died on Calvary's cross, he took every human being to the cross? You say, well, I thought he just took believers. No, he took us all. He tasted death for how many men? All men. Hebrews 2 and 9. And the scripture we read last Wednesday night that the love of Christ constrains us because we thus judge that if one died for how many? All. Then all were dead. Jesus took every human being to Calvary. Crucified every human being there. Y'all looking at me kind of funny? Did you not know that? He took every human there. If he didn't, whatever human that he didn't represent there, they can't be saved. Did you not know that he took you to Calvary? Because he had to die to forgive you and he had to be put to death as he represented you so your faith in him allows you to accept that he died for you and that you died with him and were buried with him and when he came out of the grave you were in him you came out of the grave with him as a new creation you're not who you used to be do you know that? if you know that then you will be praying, Lord, help me to live who I am now in Christ Jesus. Because yes. God is never going to strengthen that fleshly thing. Right. He gives strength and might, the Bible said, to the inner man. Mm -hmm. mm. So watch. Knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him. That's got to be real to you. But you've got to know that. You got to know that you died 2000 years ago with Jesus if you're a Christian you died with him. If you listen, if you've never been born again, you have to be born again uh, to go to heaven. Jesus said that in John chapter 3 verses 3 through 5 to Nicodemus. And the reason you have to be born again is because you have to die with Jesus. Out of that death comes the new birth. Amen. Amen. Knowing this, you've got to know this. I'm not talking about seeing it in your Bible. I'm not talking about hearing your preacher preach this for 18 years. I'm talking about you've got to carry this with you as treasure in your heart. This world's not about you. How many Christians are trying to find their place in this world? How many of our young people grow up wanting to be Hollywood movie stars and, 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 and famous this and famous that? That's all of the world. That's all of the world. That's all of the flesh. And every Christian who is after all that does not know that their old man was crucified. And God forbid that you once knew and now no longer want to know. Because that is a possibility also. Knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him. With him. We're not talking about no self-crucifixion. You didn't crucify yourself. Your faith in Jesus and what he did for you at Calvary, your faith is what allowed him to represent, not really allow him, he represented you with or without your faith. 
Your faith is what attaches you to what he did there. And, and you die and you're born again. And then you have to learn to know some things. Amen. You got to know some things. Everything's not just mystical and magical. You got to know some things. And I ain't talking about see it on the pages. You need to see it in the book. You need to hear the preacher teaching and preaching. But it's got to be imparted. It's got to be in the heart. You got to know it. You got to know it. How many people have I seen over the years? They don't know this. They've heard, they've listened to it. It ain't moved them. Man, let me tell you something what happens when you know this truth. It moves you for more of this truth. And you that's what you want to talk about. We've had people, man, in our church for years. This was never the fire burning in their heart. This was what was burning in their heart was some other preacher somewhere else, some other ministry somewhere else. This truth is why this church exists because somebody knows this. And more people want to know this, and more people want to know more of this. Because the more you know of this, the more you can live in this. Amen. Knowing this, that our old man is crucified. You ain't got to die daily. You already did. Quit asking God to crucify you. He did that 2,000 years ago. Quit asking him to make you dead. You're already dead, don't you know? Don't you know? You're already dead. You don't die daily. When Paul said, I die daily, you study that, what he says right with it, all around it, he was expressing that he faces death daily. Amen. You can't die daily. You die once, then you live. Amen. We died knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him, that the body of sin might be destroyed, that from now on we should not serve the sin nature. Not just acts of sin. That word sin there is the noun. It's who you were. We're no longer serving that old man. He's been put to death. Now we're serving Christ through his obedience and his righteousness. Do you not know this? If you know this, it'll light a fire in your heart and the fire will keep burning as long as you keep knowing it. Again, knowing it ain't back here. Knowing it is right here. Knowing it ain't in the subconscious of your mind, if it, that was the case, how could you bring every thought to the obedience of Christ? Amen. So this is what you have to know. Now, now let's look down to verse 11. Skip down to verse 11. And the Bible here says, Likewise, and it's been talking about Jesus dying and that he ain't going to die no more. He died once. He's not going to die again. You died once. You're not dying again. I mean, you're going to leave that old thing you're carrying around there with you behind one day. But look at verse 11. Likewise, just as he died, reckon ye, reckon ye. You know what that word means? It means to account this, consider this, count this a reality, the truth. Likewise, reckon ye also yourselves to be dead indeed unto sin, but alive unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord. Now, for years, there's been people who heard this and they went around trying to reckon themselves dead. I've reckoned myself dead till I'm blue in the face, preacher. It ain't working for me. 
I've been reckoning myself dead. I've been reckoning myself dead. And that ain't working for me like you say it. The Bible says it would. You know the problem? They don't know. See, there's a process here. You've got to know before you reckon. If you try to reckon before you know, it ain't going to work for you. You don't really know what you're doing if you don't know this truth of being crucified with Christ. If you don't know this, that's why the Bible says in verse 6, knowing this. This ain't talking, I can't say this enough. This ain't talking about you reading it. Okay, okay. It says it, okay, I agree with it. That ain't knowing it. Knowing it happens inside. And when you know this truth in the heart, that your old man was put away, crucified with Christ 2,000 years ago so that the body of the sin nature might be destroyed that from, so that from now on you wouldn't have to be bound under the, and serving the sin nature. Listen, if you're miserable and you're living in bondage, the bondage of sin, and you know it ain't right, you know it ain't right, you want out of its grip, this is your answer. God ain't got a second one. If you living in fear, this is your answer. He don't have a second one. You can't just go around reckoning yourself to be dead if you don't know. You've got to know first. That means you've got to partake first in the heart. You've got to know this. People go around boasting and, well, I, I'm tied up with that ministry down there by the dollar store. They preach the cross. Well, good for you. I'm tied up with that ministry down there. They preach the cross. Well, good for you. Do you know the message of the cross? Personally. Do you know that Calvary includes every person that's ever lived? Do you know on that hill, on that one day, in that man Jesus Christ, on that wooden beam, laying his life down, is the story of the human race, existence and endurance forever for those that believe. All happened on that one day, in that one man, on that cross. I've said it, it's a beautiful thing. I read behind someone, and it's so true, it's so beautiful to me, that when Jesus was on the cross dying, he became the end. He didn't just end it, he became the ending of everything he once began. And in that same moment when he was dying, he became the new and everlasting beginning of all that God would ever do. Jesus, did he not claim to be the beginning and the end in Revelation more than one time? I am the Alpha and Omega. I am the beginning and the end. And he did it right there on the cross. You say, well, the cross wasn't the beginning. Yes, the cross was the beginning of all the new creation. And the ending of all the old creation. Well, how come we still here in the old creation? Why is there still a devil? Why are you still living in that old body? 
The devil's going to be thrown into the lake of fire eventually. You're getting a new body eventually. There's going to be a new heaven and, and new earth eventually. And every bit of it's going to be because of what Jesus did on that cross in that one day. Every human being is in the story. You can't escape it. That's why God says in Psalms 53.1, the fool says in his heart there's no God. Every human being on the planet, even those that claim they're atheists and don't believe in God, they know there's a God. Everybody knows there's a God because the God who created all things created them and put them here. And gave them the very choice that they're expressing in saying they don't believe there's a God. Oh, they know there's a God and they're going to meet Him one day. You've got to know this. You've got to know this. You've got to know. You can't just come to church and hear me talk about it. You can't just turn on whoever else is preaching, teaching this. You've got to say, Lord... Show this to me. Because if, if he don't show it to you, you ain't going to know it. But who is it that he shows this? Who is it that he shows? Well, let me say this first of all. He's offered it to the whole human race. And God is not a respecter of persons. That's what the Bible says. He calls that a sin and he don't sin. He's not a respecter of persons. So who does he give this knowing to? Those who know they need to be saved. Those who were saved, and now they, here's that word, know they're supposed to be living saved and pleasing unto the Lord. And there's a fear in their heart. There's a fear in their heart. And that fear is what allows God to show them His covenant. Psalms 25, 14. The secret of the Lord is with them that fear Him and he shows them his covenant. Who does he show? Those that fear him. What does that mean, those that fear him? Again, it means those that know there's a God. They know they're not God. They know they're messed up. Something's wrong. They hear the gospel. They believe it. They accept it because they see when they hear it, they need a Savior. And after you're born again, after you're saved, you're not just here doing the best you can because the Bible says that's filthy rags to God. After we're saved, we got to know now that we were crucified with Him. <clears throat> the reason we were crucified with Him, of course, so we could be born again, but in the crucifixion is where He got rid of that body of sin that sin nature that you came into this world as. You came into this world as a lost sinner and you didn't become a sinner when you started sinning. You started sinning because you arrived on the scene as a sinner. Your daddy was a sinner. And I ain't talking about your biological father. I'm talking about your daddy, Adam, in the garden. That's your daddy. All human beings came from Adam and Eve. And when they became a sinner, you were born just like them. My sons are Hutchinsons. I don't care if they end up living in poverty or if they're billionaires. They're still my sons. They're still Hutchinsons. I don't care what happens to them. They're still Hutchinsons. 
You are, when you show up in this life, who your daddy was. And your daddy, my daddy, the whole human race's daddy, was a sinner. And that's why when we get here, we're sinning. Nobody had to teach us to do ugly. We just knew how to do it. And that person couldn't go to heaven. He had to be put to death. People out there trying to get people to think, well, you, you, could, you just need to change your habits. My friend, God don't work from the outside in. He works from the inside out. And where He begins is on the cross. Hallelujah. When He put me to death so that I could be made a new creation in Christ and God did not use anything of my old man for the new creation. I am, you are completely new in Christ Jesus. He did not bring anything from the old to make you new. You are completely new without anything to do with who you were. That's why if you don't know that, you will try to pull from who you used to be to try to get the job done as who you are now and it won't ever work. you got to know this. That our old man, he wasn't partly crippled. He wasn't just disabled a little bit. He was put to death. Mm. And after you know that, then you can reckon that to be the case. And my friend, you're going to have to do that all your life. You're going to have to do that every day. When they say that to you that you don't like, when you're being tempted to commit some sin, that you know it's a sin because you're a child of God, you're going to have to remember what happened to you at Calvary. And you're going to have to know that you don't need that, whatever that is. What you need is to please the Father. And you can't do that if you don't know this. And you can't do that if you don't know this and then reckon yourself to be dead under sin. That old man. It's not talking about acts of sin. It's talking about reckon yourself to be dead to the old man. Amen. You still have the residue of the old man. They call it the vines of the fall, the residue, the principle of sin, all kind of names for it. But that's why the Bible says in what Romans 7, 18, that there ain't nothing good in our flesh. Right. Amen. Amen. You got to know this. And we've been given the Spirit of God that we might know. You've been given the Spirit of God so you won't have to just doubt and wonder, well, I just don't know. I just, I just don't know. Well, if you don't know, you're, you're in big trouble if you don't know what you should know. And I speak from experience. I know about not knowing what I should know. I know about the misery that it called and the heartbreak and the, and the just nothing works and, and we can't get nothing right. We think we're doing something. And all, it call, every, nothing's right. This works. This is all that works. Knowing this. And when you know this, then you can reckon yourself to be dead because you know this. Amen? You got to know this. It's got to be more than I'm going to a cross preaching church. Hallelujah. Are ye? No, I got to be eating this message. What is the message? It's, it's the blood and the flesh of the Lord Jesus Christ. 
That's what that's what's on the table. There's not a new meal on tomorrow's table. It's the same meal that gives life and abundant life every day. Amen. Praise the Lord that we may know. Would you stand with me tonight, please?